Hi, and welcome to Second Chance Cinema with MC and Spro. I'm Rudy, your review reader. I will be reading the review for The Rundown by Roger Ebert of the Chicago Tribune, September 26, 2003. Early in The Rundown, The Rock is entering a nightclub to confront some tough guys, and he passes Arnold Schwarzenegger on the way out. Have a good time, Arnold says. Okay. Arnold doesn't say that. He says, have fun. Not off to a good start, Roger. Let me continue. It's like he's passing the torch. Whether The Rock will rival Schwarzenegger's long run as an action movie hero is hard to say, but on the basis of the rundown, he has a good chance. I liked him in his first starring role, The Scorpion King, in 2002, but only up to a point. On the basis of that movie, I wrote, quote, he can definitely star in movies like this, quote. That's also true on the basis of The Rundown, but it's a much better movie, and he has more to do. He plays a man named Beck, a retrieval expert who, in the early scene, is trying to retrieve a bad debt from an NFL quarterback. Hmm, kinda. Then, his boss sends him on another mission to bring back his son, who is somewhere in the Amazon. The moment I heard Amazon, I perked up because I'm getting tired of action movies shot entirely within Los Angeles County. Hawaii doubles for South America in this movie. Spoiler. And it does a great job of it, apparently aided at times by computer effects. And the jungle locations give the film a texture and a beauty that underlines the outsized characters. Beck's mission takes him to a town named El Dorado, run by the evil Hatcher, Christopher Walken, whose first appearance, as usual, cheers up the audience. Beck's quarry is Travis Walker, a feckless fortune hunter played by Sean William Scott, who, yes, is the same Sean William Scott who plays Stifler in the American Pie series. Here he has the same cocky in-your-face personality, has added a beard, and is once again a natural comic actor. Just about the first person Beck meets in El Dorado is a bartender, Mariana played by Rosario Dawson, who later sees a lot of action and is convincing in it, reminding me a little of Linda Hamilton in Terminator. Hmm. Okay. Have more beautiful lips ever been photographed? I asked in my review of her performance in Chelsea Walls. Ew. Ew. Really? Okay. Damn, Roger. On the basis of her performance here, I suggest that the answer is no. The movie is directed by Peter Berg, the actor, whose first directorial job was Very Bad Things in 1998. A movie I thought was a very bad thing. <laughs> I see what you did there, Roger. Since I'm quoting my old reviews today, let it be noted that I wrote in my review of that one, quote, Berg shows that he can direct a good movie, even if he hasn't, quote. Now, he has. And now, you're MC, and Spro, and a very, very special guest to talk about this gem, The Rundown. What are you drinking? That looks like a, is that a margarita? That, this is a Paloma. Yeah, it's a poor man's margarita. Oh. It's just a squirt tequila and salt. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Ew, really? Oh, dude, it tastes it tastes so good. Yep, yeah. I've got some Powerade and vodka. Right? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. a bad idea. We're drinking a monster at 7:30. It takes six gallons of water to flush that shit out of your system, so just be careful. Go after this is over. After this is over, just hydrate. Just hydrate. That's my advice. <laughs> 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting edition of Second Chance Cinema. Action-packed, high-octane, over-the-top. And I'm not even talking about the movie. I'm talking about the fact that we have with us today um, longtime friend of the show and reputable guest host, Rudy. Rudy, before I even introduce Spro, how are you doing? Dreams do come true. I'm so excited. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I, I can't even tell y'all. the words. I don't have the words to express how happy I am. Well, hopefully you'll have some words moving forward as we talk about this movie. Because this was your suggestion, right? It was. It okay. was. All right. Um, you know how scared I was to suggest this movie? I, I, was, like, I, I typed it up and I was like, no, nah, I won't send it. And like literally an hour later, I was like, they'll laugh at me. And then I sent it. So, yeah. I So, let's introduce Spro first. Yeah. Spro, how are you doing? Oh, hey. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Spro, you are the you are the you are the what's what's the word like you're like the guardian angel of this podcast you're like the, <laughs> you're like you're like the great and powerful Oz behind the curtain just just making shit happen. That's true. Nice. Yeah, I do have. I don't think Rudy knows this, but our episode of Fools Rush In is by far the most popular second chance. It has episode. like two thousand downloads. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't understand for the fuck of me. Like I, and, and that movie's been on HBO lately. So I'll, and I, I don't watch it again because I, for me, it was, a, it was like a one and done experience. I think like I got mm-hmm. it to be honest, the thing that creeps me out the most about that movie. And this is because of Jeremy is the hot dogs that she had trucked in from like Grace papaya in New York overnighted or whatever to LA and he eats he and he eats them. They're not even in like a um like one of those, you know, casserole containers that keep shit warm. It's like a box. It's like a it's like a shoe box. And he she just pulls out these nasty gray hot dogs and he's like, oh wow, cool. But fools rush in, yeah. Um if you like that episode, check this one out and, and some others too, I guess. The film we're gonna be talking about today is The Rundown, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson Stifler and Christopher Walken and Rosario Dawson. And in a blink and you'll miss a cameo, one of Rudy's favorite douches, Uncle Rico, plays one of the henchmen. Did you know that? It was in my notes. All right. (laughs) Awesome. I was going to say not only Uncle Rico, but also Haley's dad in Stick It. Shout out to friend of the show, Jessica Bendinger. Uncle Rico's yep. just all over the place with with Second Chance Cinema in the Second Chance Cinema extended universe. <laughs> so An- another thing that we keep doing this season is this will be our second of three Peter Berg films. I was I, I and I didn't know that until I like to kind of refresh before we get on. So I just usually read the Wikipedias to, you know, see if I missed anything. And I noticed right at the top, Peter Berg, I was like, oh, we just got done talking about Battleship. Did this uh, doing this one. What was the third one? Uh, Hancock. Hancock. Oh, yeah. which we haven't done yet, but yeah. So, spoiler alert: that's going to be coming up soon. <laughs> um, Rudy, when you suggested this, I thought you were joking, not because uh, like it's a corny movie or anything, but I thought this movie was awesome. How did the, did this movie not make money, or did this movie was this movie hated by the critics? Because that those are the the two criteria, and I was shocked when I found out that like both were kind of true, right? Yeah, me too. I was equally shocked. I'm not going to, I mean, I stood in front of my uh, DVD collection and I was like, no, 
No. And then I saw it and I was like, I feel like this is like an under the radar, underappreciated film. And then I typed it up, like I said, and I, I didn't send it for a while. And then when Spro replied, I was so confused. I didn't realize he was like, oh, yeah, it does qualify for second chance cinema. It didn't, you know, it didn't. It was poorly reviewed and stuff like that. So it, it made me upset. But, you know, I'm okay with it because I get to watch it again. So, I was yeah. genuinely shocked to hear that because from what I remember, and maybe this was just because what year was this? This was like 2003. Yep. Yeah. So, let's see. So, still in high school. And maybe it was just the hype of The Rock. Like, I remember. You, he, wait no, a minute. He in, no, he was in high school. He was in high school. We were in college, bro. <laughs> wait, 2000. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, we were in college. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, no, I did some bad math. You guys were both looking at me like I was glitching or fading out. I was like, what the hell now? Like, what's wrong with my internet? But no, it turns out I was just stupid. So, yeah, college, my bad. But anyway, this movie was kind of like. It was like The Rock's coming out party as like the guy, the next, the action guy who so many had tried to be before him. And this time it was like, this shit's going to work. And I guess I just, I thought it did. <laughs> but apparently it worked a little less well than, than what I recall. So we're going to talk about the rundown. Before we talk about the rundown, we're going to dive into the wheel of poetry. And for those of you who don't know, or those of you like Rudy who wish they didn't know, the Wheel of Poetry is a it's, a, it's a simple game, really. You know, none too complicated. Basically, we've got six different types of poetry that we've applied to this wheel. And Spro is going to play the trailer for the movie The Rundown that we're, that we're going to shortly discuss. And during that time, we each have to write a poem in the style of whatever the wheel lands on. Oh now... <laughs> There are six different kinds of, uh, there are six different varieties, six different flavors. We've got haiku, ABAB poem, a limerick, toast slash roast, song parody, and acrostic. I won't waste time explaining what any of those are unless we land on one of them. Rudy, this is not your favorite part of the show, correct? Oh, I hate this part. I mean, (laughs) I didn't, sorry, that was visceral. This, This is a difficult part for me. Well, Rudy, we want you to know you're in the company of friends here. This is a safe space. This is a this is a movie poetry safe space. So, you know, no wrong answers, as I like to say. No wrong answers. All right. Spro, you ready? I'm ready. All right. So let me go ahead and spin the wheel here. Limerick. A limerick. So, for those of you who don't know, the limerick is the classic architecture of poem that begins with, there once was a man from Nantucket, and then the second line rhymes with the first, then the third and the fourth rhyme with each other, and then the fifth line goes back to the first and the second. Okay? You think you can handle that, Rudy? Y'all, my heart rate. So, I just just did the heart thing on this watch, and it is up to 120. Uh, <laughs> wow, Rudy, your 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 Fitbit looks like like a neon sign at a deli. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Let's listen to the trailer for the rundown and we will be back. One job, I wipe your slate clean. You walk out of this house a free man. How much? 250 large. No problem. He's come to the other side of the world. Is that duct tape? <laughs> Finish one last job. I'm looking for a man. His name's Travis Walker. Brown hair, face like a weasel. Do I know you? I'm taking you home, Travis. What's in Los Angeles? Your father. And you're not a dog about it. Oh. 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 
So angry! Shut up. If only it were that simple. Apparently, he stumbled onto a trinket of some value in my jungle. Yep. I want it back. Wow. Whatever my father's paying you, I will double it. No. I'll quadruple it. No. I'll double it and quadruple it. Hell no. I hope you enjoy the fall. Now what fall? Let's go. Heads up. Take him, they're little. doing how are we feeling (laughs) (laughs) is that just like the is that like the laughter like you you've just like gone insane trying to think of this and you're just kind of like rocking fetal position style i think i think i don't know we'll find out (laughs) it's like two of the most creative literary people i know and 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 then there's me disagree disagree not not on not on Mm, you know i kind of agree well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Limerick. Let's hear it. A limerick about 2003's The Rundown. All right. There once was a man from WWE who wanted a little more for his celebrity. He got the okay from Arnold, probably steroids too, all told, and is now the action star of the century. Very good. Very comprehensive. Right. And oh, a great nod to uh, one of the greatest cameos, <laughs> maybe not of all time, but certainly popped me. Does that mean I'm going next, I guess? All right. Yep. (laughs) All right. This is where The Rock's story begins. New action hero with a real charming grin. Khaki pants and a shirt, both all covered with dirt, and he's worn them both in all movies made since. (laughs) Dang, that was good. That was good. Okay. Okay. Are you nervous, Rudy? Well, I just wanted to make sure I had the the rhyme scheme correct, so I was just running it in my head. I think Um, you, you can give it a dry run if you want. No, I, th- I think this is ready. Here we go. There once was an option. Don't be nervous, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, don't fuck it up either. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Why am I sweating? Okay, there once was an option A where bad guys could just walk away. They always chose B, walk-in wouldn't leave, and now the rock is just Dwayne. That was really good. Nice. Good job. I like that because I forgot. I forgot about the option A, oh. Matt Miller. You got two options. I forgot all about that. That was great. That was really good, Rudy. Thanks, guys. 
Spro, maybe, you can, add yeah. some, maybe you can add some applause. Um, oh, yeah. It's like, it's gonna be like, like that. those good. Beatles in the stadium. It was good. <laughs> so, I mean, let's jump right in. This was, like I said, The Rock's coming out party is the next big action hero in Hollywood. And he was blessed both on and off screen by Arnold Schwarzenegger in, for me anyway, a really unexpected cameo during which Arnold like literally passes The Rock as The Rock is walking into a nightclub to retrieve a, a mark. And he says, good luck, right? Or does he say, have fun? He says, have fun. Have, have fun. fun. Have fun. That's what I thought. He says, have fun. And right then, that's like the symbolic passing of the depo- the the, uh, the baton. And it doesn't disappoint that opening scene where he just takes down like the entire, I think, were they an XFL team probably? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, he, that's what all the cutscenes were. Right. So yeah, they used a lot of uh, XFL footage in the movie, which makes sense. He takes down like the entire... XFL team's offensive line on the dance floor. Did he knock out the quarterback with the turntable or was that just another random dude? That was an offensive lineman. Okay. It's zero to 60 like right away. And it's a solid fight scene to open the movie that introduces you to not only the fact that he's an intimidating presence on the screen, but also that like he's a believable badass. Like I love the fact that because, you know, coming off of previous movies and and having seen uh the rock as black adam and in hobbs and shaw like he was like this reluctant alpha like he didn't want to fight in this and i like that approach he's big and he's like no listen hey he tries to reason with nat miller he's like hey i just you know help me out here this is embarrassing i don't want to do that you come embarrass me in front of my friends about some bets? I don't mean to embarrass you. This is embarrassing to me. I'm a big fan, but uh, $50,000, you might have remembered. Yeah, I know what it is. Listen, there's a G to get me started. Now, you do me a favor. You tell your man I'm going to come see him on Monday with the rest. And not to send anybody else to see me. All right? Brian. One of my favorite lines in that part is when he's in the bathroom talking to, I'm assuming, Billy. And he goes, they have a legitimate chance of repeating. Right. <laughs> I don't want to hurt yep. them. Yep. Like, he's trying everything. I love that part. And I, I was like sold immediately. That's a good point. I mean, that's like there's a lot of nuance in that scene, which is really just a brawl in a night in a nightclub. Kind of like an injection of humor and like charisma and more than just let's just you know, beat some shit up. Spro, you said you just watched the movie like right before we got on, right? Well, I just finished it right before I watched like the first because it's free. Well, not free, I guess right now, but it's on Peacock, right? $4.99 a month. I can't express how much I like Peacock as a streaming service. I really like it. Found it on that service and I watched the first hour this morning and then I watched the last 40 minutes when I got off of work. As our resident screenwriter, that opening scene, we all realize how important an opening scene is, especially when it's an introduction of a character what were your thoughts on that i feel like i watched this in the theater with both of you me i was thinking that too actually (laughs) (laughs) and and that very well might be possible it might have been before rudy you and i were like tight friends like yeah it was like hey spro is like this is my friend mc this is my friend rudy nice to meet you It might have been. It very well might have been at that. What was that tiny theater in the uptown? The, the Athena. The Athena. Yeah, it very well might have been. I would not discount yeah, that. Because I remember laughing with Rudy about it, and I would not have known that guy was from Surf Ninjas or Three Ninjas. If Surf, Surf Ninjas. Ninjas. 
Certain ninjas. If you weren't with us, so like you're you were on my left and Rudy was on my right. Like I remember this, and I was like, "This is amazing that we're sitting here twenty years later wow. discussing the film on a podcast." So as far as like opening the opening scene, like the fact we were going to it, being like, "Oh, let's see if the wrestler can do it, right?" Like let's see what kind of film, and he immediately nails it, and not only nails it, but like Rudy was saying, the reluctant hero that archetype and whatnot. And not only that, but like the physicality of that first fight scene being not so much sticky, like throwing in like sumo plexes and stuff like that to be like, look, the wrestler is in an action film. He legitimately stepped up and was like, I'm going to be an action star. So like nowadays, like going back and watching this, I'm like, I barely remember a time before The Rock. And like this all just kind of like makes sense now. His staying power 20 years later is incredible. I do want to ask this, though, because he is Gigantor now. Do we prefer this rock or do we prefer Gigantor rock? I prefer this rock. Well, I'm not, this first, is- first of all, I'm not going to correct you on sumo plexes. I'm going to leave that. <laughs> hey, um, just let it go. It's fine. <laughs> What's do, wrong? Is he... He's Gigantor Rock now, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. he is. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't prefer Black Adam. Uh, um, I know that, um, but I did enjoy Hobbs and Shaw. So I guess that was probably the last movie of his that I saw that was like definitively him, I think. So version, whatever version of the rock assortment he was in that version was okay. I feel like he was Gigantor Rock. Yeah, he was. He definitely was Gigantor Rock in Hobbs and Shaw. This is my preferred rock right here. But I mean, also feel like it, it's worth mentioning that he's billed as the rock in this movie. Right. He was not Dwayne. He didn't take the next step and and yeah. ditch the rock, which I I don't know. Who am I to even comment on that? Like <laughs> I thought I think the rock's a pretty cool nickname, but I don't know. Yeah. When did he retire from WWE? He hasn't. Gosh, I don't, Rudy, you might know that better than me. I don't. Uh, well, because there's still rumor that, like, before before the recent turn of events, there was this uh, storyline being floated around that he was going to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Oh yeah, this, he come. He does cameos and stuff every like yeah. when his his schedule allows. But like, uh, I don't think he's officially because he's not a Hall of Famer yet, right? Um, so I don't think he's retired. Like as an active wrestler i think it was right around the time of this movie like i think this was kind of it like i feel like the last time ah, i can't even remember but it was close to this it was close to this it was like scorpion king was kind of like on the way so that was kind of like him opening the door and this was just him shutting it fiercely (laughs) and being like i'm gonna go make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars and not have to beat the shit out of myself every night yeah which point. you know, smart decision, I suppose, right? Yeah. So once we once we get out of the nightclub, the Rock, whose name is Beck, he only goes by Beck in the movie, is knocked out by a beanbag bullet. Which that might this movie might have been my first time seeing a beanbag bullet like on screen, at least. Yeah. I've never seen one in combat. I don't think, but. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he gets knocked out by another bounty hunter who we find out worked for his boss because his boss wasn't sure if he was going to be able to finish the job. So he goes back to, holy shit, I just had an epiphany. Oh my God. I've been thinking about a scene in a movie and I couldn't tell you what movie it was from for probably six months. And the scene in my head was a guy who had just got hit on, gotten hit on the head, taking a bag of frozen vegetables and putting it like super, super gingerly on his forehead. And every once in a while, that would keep replaying in my head. And I was like, what the fuck movie is that from? I can't think of it. 
Because it always bugged me. Like, he didn't put it on his head. He just kind of, like, dabbed it. It's from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just closed a six-month time loop in my brain because uh, of this movie. I'm not even joking. Like, You're welcome. I might sleep better tonight now, <laughs> subconsciously. Holy shit. Wow. Anyway, the reluctant hero that he is, Beck says that he wants out of the retrieval game. And his boss, Billy, agrees if he'll go on one last mission, of course. And the mission happens to be to go down to Brazil, I think. Yep. Brazil. And retrieve Billy's son, played by Sean William Scott, who we all remember as Stifler. And so right then, it's it becomes this fish out of water uh, story where, you know, he's he's the new guy in town. He's drawing a lot of attention because he's like a big scary dude there's a lot of comedy between him and the um the pilot who has a plane that's you know held together by duct tape and he's got this thick irish accent so it's like a it's like a good you're already invested in the story from the nightclub scene and now you realize that he's got this like one last quest to go on reluctantly again once he realizes where stifler is it kind of just hits the gas and doesn't let up first off uh about uh declan the pilot yeah (laughs) I, my notes say, I finally know what he's saying. Thank you, subtitles. Oh, I mean, it was great. Like the the, the Irish accent and like Scottish. Scottish. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. he comes in with the bagpipes at the end, yeah. which was like fucking out of nowhere, but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Spud from Train Spotting. Yeah, it is. We're also introduced to Christopher Walken's character, Hatcher, and Rosario Dawson's character, Mariana. Yep. She's like the fixed point of the town that that he goes to in Brazil. She's the bartender or maybe even the bar owner. You know, she, she's got her own intentions, but she's sort of like the kind of love interest. You know, she's the, the pro at, at understanding everything that's going around in the town. And what's going around... Or what's going on around the town is that Hatcher, Christopher Walken, is basically enslaving the residents to dig for gold around, you know, these dangerous peaks and valleys and things like that. We realize that he's the bad guy, but it's kind of like, how is he going to factor into this? Because he's got nothing to do with Stifler. He's got nothing to do really with uh, Mariana other than her knowing who he is and, you know, him being a bad dude. And then we find out that Stifler is a treasure hunter, right? Rudy, what's he after? He's after the Gato, the Gato do Diablo, the devil's cat. (laughs) I've been waiting all day for you to say that. And it's this magical golden idol the size of like a cookie jar that's hidden somewhere in the the Amazon jungle. And so Beck is able to um, fend off Hatcher's goons in a pretty awesome bar fight he's got a whip and they do this really cool shot where he cracks the whip and it hits a table and splits the table right in half and i can't recall ever having seen anything like that and i just remember it being like really beautiful the way it was directed and the way it was shot and like the slow motion the splinters off of the table it was just really really cool it was very crazy too because it's peter berg's second film ever and the first film was just a dark comedy right very bad things which is a movie that i love but it is like horribly horribly off color now um (laughs) but the uh like all it was was a comedy about a group of four guys john favre um jeremy piven daniel stern and 
another guy <laughs> who kill a stripper in Vegas and then cut up her body and bury it in suitcases and then try to get away with the crime while kind of going insane and hopped up on cocaine. That was his film. Like it had no action in it whatsoever. And then he comes in and does this film and he like on the Wikipedia, it says like he like researched 30 different action movies and was like, how do I, how do I make something new? And I think like, I don't know who his fight choreographer on this was, but like even you, you talk about the whip, uh, breaking apart the bench there's that scene where the whip like opens up a man's knuckles yeah. you know and i oh, was yeah. like holy yeah. shit like good. some of the stuff that you see in this film action wise is amazing I mean, if, if we want to jump right into that let's talk about ernie reyes jr who uh, <laughs> i mean like surf ninjas yes Kino, the pizza boy from Ninja Turtles 2. But I don't think you guys understand like how I'm going to I'm going to gush a little bit here and kind of like mark out for for martial arts. So Ernie Reyes Sr., all of the all of the martial arts that you see in movies now where it's like it's less punch, 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 headlock, punch. And it's like kick, flip, break, dance, move, you know, acrobatic stunt gymnastics kick like it's it's this beautifully choreographed just dance of violence in in so many movies now that all goes back to the the time during which like ernie reyes senior and ernie reyes jr had this demo team which was a squad of these like badass martial artists slash gymnasts slash like break dancers who would go out and do this kind of stuff like obviously it's evolved since then but back then, I mean, they would be doing performances at karate tournaments and stuff like that. And and they started it is kind of what I'm trying to say. Like they, to one degree or another, started what has become known as like extreme martial arts. And of course, there were other people after them. And I'm saying this as a guy who like, like did Taekwondo for 11 years. And like, like these guys were like, you looked up at them like, oh my gosh, like it's them. I don't know if, I don't remember if I ever met any of them, but they would do shit that back in the day was phenomenal. And like maybe even today you would look at it and be like, really, that's it. But back in the day they were twisting and moving the human body and like doing, just pulling off these crazy stunts in real life that were, it was just amazing. So to see the fight scene between The Rock and Ernie Reyes Jr. and all of the 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 rebels in the jungle was it was completely far fetched and fucking amazing. Like it was so cool to see. I forget what Stifler calls it. He's like it's like something something jujitsu. Like like what, what does he call it? He's like it's he says something. But um, up until that point, like, I don't remember a movie before that that had like that rawness of that type of martial arts. And now, granted, this this team I was talking about didn't swing from trees on vines and like pick people up and throw them, you know, 50 feet in the air. We suspended disbelief a little bit for that in the movie. But all the stuff on the ground where he's like, you know, flipping around and doing the, the 540 kicks and all that stuff like that was I mean, I was already into the movie. That was just like, well, fuck, this is the cherry on top. So, Spro, what I thought you were going to say was I think it's during that scene. There's a board that's on fire that gets cracked against somebody's face, like against somebody's head. And there's no cutaway. It just it's like a flaming board that breaks over somebody's head. And you see like the embers and the sparks and stuff like that. And still kind of till this day, I'm just like, well, so what did they just go for it? Was the guy just like, just fucking do it. Just do it. Get the shot. Just do it. Maybe put a little like extra virgin olive oil on his head or something to keep it safe. But like, man, that fight scene 
that fight scene has a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons. I do want to point this out, like our first time in Second Chance Cinema, but like shout out to the fight choreographer who's also a stunt man who's a stunt co- coordinator, Clint Cadena, C-A-D-I-N-H-A. Listen to some of the films that he's worked on. Point Break, Universal Soldier, Last Action Hero, Demolition Man, The Crow, Speed, Drop Zone with Wesley Snipes, The Matrix, The Fast and the Furious, Planet of the Apes, Spider-Man, Minority Report, XXX, SWAT, The Rundown, Blade 3, Spider-Man 3, and then... In 2009, his career stopped. So I'm hoping. So if he's you okay. listen to that that list that you just read, think about all the fight scenes in those movies. Like there was sure as shit no gymnastic martial arts in Point Break, Drop Zone, uh, those, <laughs> those parachutes, and Toad the Wet Sprocket is what I remember from that movie. Um, but all those movies you listed were um, like the meat and potatoes kind of fight scenes, right? Like it was just like dudes beating each other up. This was just fucking beautiful. Yeah, yep. I mean the stunt work in general. Like, like the fight choreography was amazing. And then the stunt work when they drive the Jeep off of the hill. Oh, my God. And and you could hear it in the trailer. <laughs> the 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 sounds of like, oh, pain. Like, I still go, oh, watching these bodies just tumble down the hill. And it's so funny that you brought up the flaming stick, MC. Mm-hmm. Because I have, uh, I don't want to brag, but I'm going to take this time to flex, y'all. Your boy owns this on DVD. And so I I got uh, the special features going and they're showing that scene. They're literally just hitting the dude in the face with the flaming stick. That's awesome. <laughs> it's, and and let's, not, let's not downplay it. It's not a flaming stick. It's a fucking board. That, yeah. Like you could stud a house with that board and it's on fire <laughs> and it hits the dude just right across the fucking melon. And man, what, what a scene. What a scene. And we're not even we're not even talking about like the more ridiculous parts of it where they somehow they're able to coordinate this aerial attack where they basically bungee jump down from the trees and <laughs> and gracefully sweep up the rock by his feet and throw him up like 50 feet in the air. The rock's what, like 300 some pounds? And these are yeah. these are little guys, so I, I don't know much about the physics of jungle fighting, but <laughs> as ridiculous as that was, it still looked I don't want to say it looked real, but it looked like, okay, that wasn't the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like we're still in this I'm still invested in this fight, even though what just happened was kind of bonkers. Oh yeah. I mean, cause they make it I mean, cause I this is gonna sound crazy. They ground the fight in reality right away. With Ernie Reyes Jr. and his lightning fast hands just like pop, 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 mm-hmm. like lighting the rock up that, you know, you, you, like, what was Sean, Sean, uh, Stiffler was like, you're bigger than them. They're little guys. You got this. You got this. You know, like, <laughs> that's, that's after we've met Marianne, who she's a rebel, like, she, she still lives in the town. So she's not like a rebel, secret agent rebel, like, a, like, yeah, like a, an operative, like a, a yeah. mole kind of, like, yeah. she maybe feeds the rebels information about what all the shenanigans hatchers got going on. <laughs> yeah. So she and Stifler and the rock are all kind of together at this point. And then that's when Hatcher tracks him down and just massacres all the rebels, including Ernie Reyes Jr., which <sighs> like I didn't cry. I wasn't too broken up, but like, man, that that made me that that 
solidified the fact that I was on the Rocks team and wanted him to just ruin Hatcher. <laughs> we had, we had, you could feel the, uh, when we watched this in the theaters 20 years ago, you could feel the deflating, uh, you know, we just deflate it. We were like, oh man. I mean, Kino it wasn't, did. yeah, it wasn't like when the horse gets stuck in the mud in the never ending story yeah, or, like, you know, it like wasn't that, like that, but yeah. it was like, man, we yeah. just saw one of the coolest fucking fight scenes of all time. And that yeah. guy died because of a bullet. That's not fair. <laughs> like there's, there's yeah. something like that does not balance balance out well for me. They find the Gato, the Golden Jaguar, after they go swimming in a like a lagoon that's full of little fish that'll swim up. You're peeing too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, yeah, they 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 find the Gato and the thing that's never lost that they established pretty well is the relationship, the cantankerous relationship between The Rock and Sean William Scott, right? It's brilliant. Like, the second they're on the screen and interacting, I like, I want more of that. Are you finished? Let's go. Big boy, you like thunderstorms? Huh? Bet you do, right? Uh-huh. Little thunder? Stop it. Little lightning? Stop it. Thunder, lightning, thunder, lightning, ears! Oh! Done beating me up. Let's go. And we were just talking about great fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Their first fight scene, well, their second fight scene, the one when they get in the jungle and he's like, Thunder, lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, that is one of the funniest scenes. I love that so much. And The Rock doesn't take him serious. The Rock is like, Shut up. <laughs> he has a great comeback. So he goes, You shut up. Obviously, we got off of the wrong foot here. So I'm going to be completely candid with you. Have you ever heard of the Gato do Diablo? The devil's cat? You know what? You're going to stop speaking right now. All right. It's, oh! It's a priceless object, man. Forged out of pure gold. It's worth millions. I thought you said it was priceless. You do not want to argue semantics with a PhD candidate. PhD? Yeah. Oh, oh. I am really very close to being Dr. Travis Walker. I dropped out of Stanford after two semesters, Einstein. Oh! oh. So I'm fairly close. Closer than you. You're close to getting your ass kicked again. We got a plane to catch. Wait, wait, wait. The Gato is real, all right? I know where to find it. I'll split it with you, 80-20. Move. 70-30? Oh! You're a very unpleasant individual, you know that? But no, they go, they keep going, and then it turns out, I love a good treasure movie, obviously, that Sean William Scott wasn't full of shit. He did know where the Gato, the Gato was, and... They end up behind a falling water, a waterfall. And yeah, I mean. Were you going to call it a falling water? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. A wall, a, a wall of water, a, a wall of moving. A wall of falling water. I feel like there's a name for that, Rudy. <laughs> yeah, what's it called, guys? We may never know. Anyway. But no, they, they ended up, they end up finding it. And then they get drugged, you know, because, you know, like we talked about Rosario being the operative for the rebels. She has to take care of her people. And this is going to this is going to free her people from Hatcher mm-hmm. and uh, Conlavos with a K. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the, the magical fruit, the magical oh. LSD fruit that grows in the Brazilian <laughs> jungle. One of the things you mentioned, and it's so easy to have a relationship in a movie where it's like um, the comic relief who's more like obnoxious like the dynamic between them is more annoying than than it is here like i'm thinking of like the later rush hour movies you know where it's uh-huh. like chris tucker plays just like over the top antagonistic and just mm-hmm. kind of like silly whereas here we had sean william scott was the the comedic uh, the comic relief 
the foil and Beck was kind of the, you know, the straight man, tough guy. And like, it wasn't abrasive or at least it wasn't wasn't as abrasive as it could have been. It was oddly familial. Like I, I, me and my brothers like have like that type of really like, why you always got to hit me? Why are you so angry? Like we can't skip over this y'all. The rock gets humped by a monkey. Oh shit. What? Monkey. Monkey. Monkey, bro. Just kill the whistle. Kill him, monkey. Kill him, monkey. Kill him, monkey. Oh, no. I hate this place. Kill him, monkey. I hate penis eating minnows. And I hate freaky feet. I want to go home. I want concrete. I want homemade tortellini. I want my Los Angeles Lakers. I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. Get out of here, monkey. Get out of here, monkey. I do want to talk about how comedic the movie is, though. Like... Yeah. Not only that, but like the two times that they're laid out, especially the first time when they're like, monkey, go away. (laughs) Monkey, go away. Like (laughs) the comedy that The Rock is putting down in this movie, I don't think he's ever matched since. I would agree. Hmm. That's, I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Because you know what? Like, I'm trying to think of like the what was the movie that him and Kevin Hart did? I realized that's a central pretty loaded, intelligence. I was gonna say that's a pretty loaded question because aren't there like five yeah. of them? It was more like a goofy mismatched pair kind of dynamic. But I mean, like, yeah, he's like he's a good actor. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's unfair to say, right? Like, no. even in some of like the dramatic stuff that he's done. Like, did you guys ever see Gridiron Gang? Yes. I love that. I think I cried at that movie, actually. Me too. There was this, there's a part at the end where the kid like hugs his mom and he's just yeah. like, he says like, I just wanted her to be proud of me or something. Like yeah. oh, Niagara man. Falls. You that know, was a quote. That was a quote from Scrooge, bro, for you. <laughs> Niagara Falls, <laughs> Frankie. Like where the the water falls from or the oh, falling water the wa- the of Niagara. Water falls. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, and it's funny because in Central Intelligence, and I was thinking about Jumanji because I had the same thoughts, bro. I was like, this is like a legit comedic performance in the sense that those other movies, CIA or Central Intelligence and and Jumanji, he's playing kind of like a bra, not like a caricature. Right. And in this movie, the comedy is a part of the character that he establishes. He is effortlessly hilarious. Like <laughs> in in his second feature film, the one that is going to launch him into the action movie stratosphere, statosphere, right? He gets humped by a monkey on his head. Like who's going to put them? What action hero is going to put themselves in a vulnerable comedic position like that right out of the gate? That's genius. I mean, that's, you're not wrong. And I think, I think kind of what it goes back to is like you were saying, he's this like reluctant hero. And a lot of the humor that comes out of his character is played from his reticence to be in the situation. Like he's doing everything he can to get out of the situation he's in. And the discomfort and like the even the goofiness that like results from that is what is what makes the comedy i think feel so natural and and funny (laughs) genuinely funny but the monkeys established dominance i don't know what kind of monkeys those were 
I'm tempted to say they were macaques, but I thought that macaques lived up in like near Russia. But anyway, they were. Why is that funny? That's a, that's a geographic location. God, um, I was just gonna say they're baboons. I didn't. Even, I don't even know. Like, oh, maybe they were. Is. But that shot where like he's hanging upside down and the monkeys uh, like comes in from a side profile and opens its mouth and roars with like the drool and all that stuff. That was. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Or am yeah. I imagining that? No, that um, happened. That was fucking badass too. Like that made me scared of those cute little monkeys. And Spro, you know I love every animal, so I was like, man, that's the, that's a scary monkey. Like, be nice to him, monkey. That's scary. <laughs> Get out of here, monkey. Go away, monkey. They were they were maybe scarier than the the wiener fish that we were talking about before. <laughs> the wiener. So so if we fast forward, you can probably imagine what happens. Hatcher captures Mariana, and the Rock is at a crossroads because he's got Stifler. And he's at the airstrip ready to go back and deliver the package to Billy so that he can be done and um, be out and open his restaurant, which we didn't talk about. He keeps this notebook of like recipes that he he learns from his travels. And he comes to this crossroads where the pilot, Declan, tells him like Hatcher captured her and, and you know, is back in power. He's got the gato and all that stuff. And the rocks find that's that's his moment where he's just like, well, fuck it, let's let's go tear some shit up, and that's what he does. There's the build up, and I feel like it's a build up that really pays off because uh, they've made mention a few times in the film that he doesn't like guns, right? And and as uh, Sean William Scott Travis is going over how much the odds are stacked against them, he caps it off with, "Oh yeah." And you don't like guns. And so you get that that really great scene where it's gonna be the rock and 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 shot and stifler against a small army. And it's what you go to action movies for. You wanna see the good guy fight the bad guys and you wanna see some sweet moves. And as he's just going through every other henchman and then just tossing the gun into the road after like the bulls have gone through and cleared the path. Like it's a great buildup and it gets you to the point where he can't go any further. His skill, his fighting ability has only taken him so far. He's going to need to pick up a gun. And the buildup to that scene was just chef's kiss. I mean, build up is a great word because I found myself the whole time, like every time they would drop that, I don't like guns or I don't use guns, I would be like, man, what what happens when he uses a gun? Like in my head, I'm imagining something really dramatic when there are only really so many things you can do with a gun in an action movie. But in my head, the way they build it up made me just like, like it was like, what, what's behind that door? There's got to be something magical. Yeah. they. I mean, they painted in such a way where like he's not just gun phobic, right? Like he's not like Indiana Jones who doesn't like snakes or anything like that. Like he talks, he says like, I just don't like what happens when I have, you know, like I don't like who I become if I have a gun. People get hurt when I have a gun, you know, like they, they plant all those little seeds. And then when he finally gets a gun, you go, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mean, nobody's safe. And, and remember, I don't know if y'all remember, but I, he was cocking a weapon in ways that I had never seen before. I'd never seen somebody take two shotguns, twirl them under their arms and go kunk and load them and then twirl them back and fire them. I was, I mean, at that, I was like, that's amazing. It was reminiscent of uh, Terminator 2, right? When Arnold does it like on the motorcycle and that was like the first time you saw the one, right? Yeah. But now now, uh, the rock. Hard target, John Woo had Van Damme hold it by the stock and just go 
and like cocked it without holding it. Like it was cool. I, I mean, I suppose finding a creative way to cock a shotgun in an action movie, that's kind of like a, is it, I don't know. It's like, a, it like, a, like, a, like a trademark. But yeah, I mean, again, the, <clears throat> the difference in the fight scenes, like the main fight scenes, like there's the one at the beginning, which is sort of just like short and very, very sweet. Then there's the one against the rebels, which is just bananas mm-hmm. in the best way. Then there's this last one, which is like like the the stakes keep getting higher and the the fight scenes and the choreography and the action and the sets and the you know stunts all reflect that again it was like just a perfect establishment of him as like a legit like this is going to be the guy yeah and i like that it culminates in like that cathartic moment where it's like christopher walken (laughs) surrounded by the town but by the the villagers and Mm -hmm. the people of the town I mean, let's not hey hey listener out there. Walken gives a, a classic Walken performance, like the most iconic vocal cadence and pattern ever, I would say. And like the lines that he like when he goes to shoot Beck and Beck shoots the gun out of his hand, he goes, "Wow!" You know, he's like, "You got the moves." I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you that. that. Yeah. Like he even is, him as this, he's a bad because he's a bastard, right? He's enslaving yeah. an entire village of people, and yet they play him for laughs sometimes. It's, it's, he it's, calls it's... them Oompa Loompas. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Oompa Loompa. We want to get the gato because if the bad guys get it, they won't need us anymore. There'll be no one to work the mine. You want to work the mine? There are two men in that jungle who are trying to steal from me. I feel like a little boy who's lost his first tooth, put it under his pillow waiting for the tooth fairy to come. Only two evil burglars have crept in my window and snatched it before she could get here. Wait a second. Do you understand the concept of the tooth fairy? Explain it to me. I follow those dentures, he jolt us. You put on your phone. Você dente? Ah? Point de bacho? Almo father? Ah, a father? Wait, throw. She takes the goddamn thing, gives you a quarter. They got my tooth. I want it back. It's such a good juxtaposition between what The Rock just brought. And then it's like the final, the final boss is Christopher Walken, right? And and he gets his in the end. I like how you know it wasn't it wasn't super climactic. He gets shot, and mm-hmm. he goes, "I'll take option A," and he just walks away and dies. And that I was like, "Oh man, that's good. That's that's a perfect way for him to go out because his character didn't need much more. He had built it up that it was it still fit and and it was great. Well, he didn't deserve like a." An epic death. I mean, he was a he was a piece of shit. Yep. So he kind of just he like you said he didn't really you know it, it, it was it was unceremonious and the <laughs> thing where the where the villagers all surround him because he's got no more henchmen so they they've got the numbers on him. It reminded me of in the Lion King when the the hyenas realized that they're more powerful than Scar. <laughs> that whole, that whole kind of thing. Everything that we watched up until this point doesn't lend us to believe that Walken stands a chance with the rock, but the way that they shoot him and the way that they film him and his cadence in general, when he's walking down toward him with a gun in his hand, you're like, Oh, let's see how this goes. You know, like you, you doubt it for 
a second, even though walking is no match. Yeah, he's but. he's wily enough and he's unpredictable enough to where you're like, okay, something you know, maybe we don't know everything that we think we know about Hatcher and his and the fun th- legions. The fun thing about like the rundown too is like it's so well written that. Every storyline is just coming at you so quickly. Like when Stifler finally gets the Gato and he's like, got it. See you later. You're kind of like, oh my gosh, that's really going to happen right now. And then Rosario (laughs) comes in and saves the day for a split second. You know, like everything is happening, pop, 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 pop. And then Sean William Scott comes back and it's, man, it's so well written because the ending, the little clip on ending is still like 10 minutes, but you're still coming down from the high of the action scene that you just saw that you're willing to stick around and want more when it's finally said and done. You're talking about the ending where he goes back to the dad's house and gives him the yep. yeah, the LSD because- apples. <laughs> before, that, before that moment, you think they're going to have that buddy, that dynamic duo buddy moment where, you know, Stifler came back. He's making good. You know, I'm here. And he's expecting Beck. He's expecting him to return it and be like, I'm not taking you in. And he's like, Declan, start the plane. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it. He's like, Santa Claus doesn't give any breaks. Right, I love yes. it. That's awesome. We go back and basically it's kind of a, it's not a, you know, they're not a buddy cop duo. There's not, I don't think there was any real intention to like set up for a sequel. It's just kind of like, it's the rock getting the best out of the whole situation. He, his boss is an asshole. So he feeds his boss and his boss's goons that the the LSD apples and is able to run away with the money that he needs to start his restaurant. Stifler doesn't have to deal with his dad. It's just like a, I wouldn't call it a feel good ending, but, but everybody that we care about got out okay except for ernie reyes jr does he get the money that was one thing that confused me because he just was like the guy was like yeah i'll give you two hundred fifty thousand, and then he drugs him immediately and i was like wasn't there an arrangement with the gato like either she was going to use the gato to like finance the peep the villagers so they wouldn't have to work for hatcher anymore and i thought that there was like a oh we'll give you some of that to the rock maybe not Maybe I missed that. But even I, still. I think, I think the arrangement was between Travis and her, but it what you just talked about made me want a sequel. Like that ending between Sean William Scott and The Rock and the thunder and the lightning and you think they're going to square off one more time. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. I'll be in the truck. Like this movie could have had a sequel. Totally. I, I would have they're loved. Still, they're to trying have, to work on it. They they are or were. Berg and The Rock won a, a sequel. Sean William Scott has already been like written off of it, and I guess like The Rock is trying to like rally support to get Jonah Hill as his next like person. I mean, I think it's. I think it. We there's so much more of a character to develop. Like you talked about, he's a chef. That's kind of like. I mean, Billy says he's the best chef I know. Stuff like that. But you know, like there's a lot more meat on the bone at the end of this movie. And I was like, ooh, yes, I like it. Twenty years later, I mean, yeah, that you know, strangers. I mean, Ghostbusters, the good Ghostbusters sequel, 2016. Yeah, I got you. Not that one. Um, Top Gun. Like, there's definitely a precedent for for it, but the rundown not as beloved as the original Ghostbusters or the original Top Gun, which brings me to our latest tradition here on Second Chance Cinema, five questions, where I Google the name of the movie and Google suggests five questions that I'm going to ask to our master Hollywood Hollywood expert, Spro. (laughs) Before we get into that, my computer is going to die and I just want to read this. And uh, so they are talking about a sequel still in 2020, but in August 2018, the Berg revealed that the current draft of the script included a story that took place in Alaska with a comedic scene involving walruses. 
similar to the scene with baboons from the first movie. Acknowledging Johnson's disinterest in the ice-covered state, the filmmaker stated that a new draft is being written with a less frigid location being considered for the plot. So that was red lit because Dwayne the Rock Johnson hates Alaska. Just that <laughs> that's, see, now that's how rumors get started. We don't know that. We don't know that. All right. Do you want five to- questions. So five questions about the rundown. Number one, was the rundown a flop? Yes. A, fi- a financial flop, kind of middle of the line, well-reviewed critically. Okay. Um, correct. Was a significant box office failure grossing just under $80 million compared to its $85 million budget. That's actually, in 2003, $85 million. I don't know. I'm, I'm That's like a billion dollars today, I was right? going to say, I'm pretending <laughs> I know what like money you know goes toward in Hollywood movies. But According to our spreadsheet, it lost 5% of its budget. Wow. Next question. <laughs> this is a good one. What does Declan say in the rundown? <laughs> just, just everything he says, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I have no... <laughs> Artifact. It's a word in the English language. Look it up. Artifact. That wow. was horrible Dude, was that, Scottish was that, was that Liam Neeson again from last you, week? Wait, well. t- wait till you hear Jeremy's Liam Neeson impression. Oh, man. Hey, I'd heard the sound of thy holy trumpet and took not warning. He has clearly wandered too far from the word of God. And Cornelius Bernard Hatcher, your hour has come. Let's get it on, big boy! It's time to get back on the path! Um, so apparently he says, uh, rage, rage against the dying of the light. He says more than this, but this is the quote that they gave. Rage, rage against the dying of the light, for there shall be no mercy for any force that stands blocking this path of his righteousness. Boom, shakalaka, ta-da. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, that's I didn't right. even bother yeah. with the Scottish Scottish accent. There, what do you say? There's moose there's moose on the ground. There's moose on the grind. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> All right. The weirdest thing is all these the questions second. are all these questions are about Declan. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the person to watch it with subtitles on, and they'll they'll I'm understand. I'm glad we're doing this episode so people realize there's more to this movie than Declan. Um, is the rundown on Hulu or Netflix? No, it's on Peacock. Okay, and then the next question is: Does Netflix have the rundown? We'll skip that one. Yeah. What is Dwayne Johnson's highest grossing movie? Can I take a guess? Please. I know it. You know it? Right off the top of your head? Yeah. I don't know it. I have to. I'm, I'm going to say it's um, highest grossing movie. I think, uh, what about Jumanji? Um, it's got to be a Fast and the Furious. Cause you think it's Hobbs bil- and Shaw? Well, they're, no, but they're breaking billions. What was the, I don't even remember what number they're on. Whatever the last they're one on, was. They're that on he's- What are you talking about? It's all family, dude. Get it together. <laughs> Bruh, I have not made it through nine. <laughs> I have I can't remember the last one that I watched. Nine is amazing. I live my life, you know. I live my life not so a much quarter. a quarter mile at a time. Um, <laughs> Quoting that, I just went back to like Ja Rule on the soundtrack of like in my race against time. I dance. <laughs> the impression I was transported. I thought yeah, that was right? a Firefest with Ja Rule. That was wow, Firefest, awesome. We should start a festival. Second he just chance came out in the news saying that he was a top 50 rapper. I was like, well, if you're going to fight for anything. Oh, I just had fear come out my nose. Why did he, he do that? He said that? Like he called yeah. himself a top 50? 
Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. wide berth of, of oh, like, dang. like, why would you say, like, I feel like I could be a top 50 at a bunch of things. <laughs> like, is top 50 really that hard? Like a top 100 uh, well, rapper. Whichever, whatever magazine, like Wired or something like that, put out the top 50 rappers, they didn't include him. And he's like, oh, I was with J-Lo. Right. Murder. <laughs> uh, the answer to that question, Furious 7, 2015. That's the one, apparently, where he... It looks like it's the one where he picks up the Gatling gun from a drone that he shot down with his yeah. muscles or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the one where he says, woman, I am the cavalry, which is it's a great line. Great line. All right. That was four. So this is the last one. Okay. Who is bigger, Vin Diesel or The Rock? The Rock. The Rock. Vin the Diesel Ro- is six feet tall. See, you guys went right to like physical size. I was wondering, are you going to ask me like, are we talking about box office? Are we talking about Oh, it's Hollywood? definitely The Rock now. But no, this question is talking about size. The Rock likely outweighs Vin Diesel by 40 pounds. <laughs> and I think he's four inches taller. I think The Rock is like 6'4", right? Oh, I like how you wait. put six foot out there like that's Vin short. Diesel is six feet <laughs> tall, which means he's five inches shorter than The Rock. When you're when you're up against someone who's six five, six feet is tall. I mean, six feet is not tall. Sorry, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. All of these questions, the rest of these questions, are about why Vin Diesel and The Rock stop talking to each other. Because why, they both. Why isn't is it? Why is Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel not friends? I, they didn't get along. They didn't get along on the Fast movies, and and uh, they both have like those crazy claws that they can't be the weaker person in the scene, and they can't oh, yeah. lose the fight. <laughs> but not in this movie. Not in the rundown. The Rock. Is- the Rock was completely like open to humiliation for the sake he of the film. Vulnerable. This is why this movie is worth another watch, listener, because you'll want to see The Rock before he became Dwayne. This is what you want. I mean, I think that's a good way to put it. This was mm-hmm. peak rock. Peak rock, 2003, the next generation of of legitimate, believable action hero. Yes. Final thoughts, Rudy, since you brought us this gem of a recommendation. It is worth another watch. It definitely deserved better than what it w- how it was received. And you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, that's the best we can we can offer is a, is a, a genuine thank you. Spro, final thoughts? I had such a pleasure rewatching it. I don't remember the last time I did. I think it was back in OU days. Like I think it was, I do own it as well on DVD, not to flex on Rudy's flex, but um, (laughs) I did stream it on Peacock and I think everybody should get the Peacock streaming service and watch some rundown. Uh, I also, the last thing I want to point out, Sean William Scott, I think should have had a bigger career, but I think Ryan Reynolds ruined it. Right? I agree. Oh, I never even thought of that. They are kind of like, you know. Jacked up funny men. Yeah, cut from the same sort of cloth. Hmm. I got excited when Sean William Scott was going to be uh, the uh, Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon, uh, the the series, not Murtaugh, uh, Riggs. Riggs? Yeah, I got excited when Fox was like, Riggs has been recasted and it's Sean William Scott. I was like, yay. Was he? Yeah. He, he has like a season of, I think the final season of that show. There's a Lethal Weapon TV show? There was a Lethal Weapon TV show. I think this is all pre-pandemic. <laughs> and you know why it didn't succeed? Because Ernie Reyes Jr. was nowhere near it. That's why. Rest in power, King. <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> I, I, I meant like in the rundown. So. Oh, his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well... 
I was do you have any say, final thoughts? I do. And I was going to tie it into Ernie Rez Jr. I was going to say for my myself and my friends, Kansas City and hip hop here, <laughs> <clears throat> some of my favorite quotes from the movie, which sometimes I'll still say, and, and I have to be around specific company who will actually like either get it or not for some reason be offended. But hey, Kansas City, like, man, that's... <laughs> And then what is it? He's like, Iparatuakara. I don't know what the fuck that means, but badass. So badass. Man, I love that. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I want to go watch that again now, the, just the fight scene. But the whole movie is a an undisputed treasure that uh, we will champion here forever here on Second Chance Cinema. So as always, we thank you for joining us. This has been a really fun episode with some twists and some turns, some monkey humping, some wiener fish. Some great poetry. Um, just some really, really good stuff. So for uh, Second Chance Cinema, I am MC. I'm Sprout. I'm Rudy. <laughs> and we will catch you next time. Mississippi putting it down. I'm the hottest round. I told y'all mother... Y'all can stop me now, listen to me now I'm lasting 20 rounds And if you want me, then come on get me now Thank you for listening to this episode of Second Chance Cinema. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or like to recommend a movie for a future show, you can reach us at secondchancecinema at gmail.com. That's 2ndchancecinema at gmail.com. We have a Second Chance Cinema Facebook group. You can find us on Twitter at MCNSpro or check us out on Instagram at 2ndchancecinema. To help our little show out, please tell your friends about us. Leave a review wherever you listen and be sure to subscribe and download each episode you listen to as those simple steps makes us much more visible in the universe which makes these fine secret cinematic masterpieces more visible. And isn't that really the whole point? Now go on and have a beautiful day, you wonderful person, you. And if it's not a beautiful day outside, stay in. And There once was an option A, where bad guys could just walk away. They always chose B, walk and wouldn't leave, and now The Rock is just Dwayne.